Hi, and welcome to week four, day 25. That's right, the last day of our 25 days of gratitude. I'm John Lewis, and excited uh, to dive into our last theme. And I want to introduce it using a short quote from Cicero, who was a Roman statesman who lived in a time just centuries after Jesus in the Roman Empire, a time when life was decadent, when entertainment in the Colosseum was more important than attainment of uh, good character. And so he said, the Cicero uh, to his people, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. And here's why his words are so important for me. I, I When I stop and consider for a moment um, this quote through the, uh, the lens of uh, my own life and what I really deep down want uh, to, is that someday when I pass away, uh, I want to be remembered well. I wanted to know that my life counted for others. But I know that to be remembered like this, the path to get there isn't for me to seek my, you know, my reputation, my fame or recognition or approval, but rather it's all about who I become. It's, and for me as a Jesus follower, it's how have I become more like my master? How have I been grown to love God more and to love others more and more? And so how is it then, tying it all back, that gratitude is the parent of every way that I love, uh, every virtue that I'm going to have or be remembered for? Um, It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Uh, So let me explore briefly that question um, by considering uh, two fundamental barriers to becoming like Jesus and to see how gratitude might be the antidote, to see how two deep roots of sin Um, can be uh, challenged by two ways that uh, gratitude can almost be like a weed killer, can choke it out at the root. So first of all, I just, uh, I believe, and and I'm sure not alone here, that that the root of all sin, starting with Adam and Eve in the garden, is pride. And pride declares to the world, hey, life starts with me. I've got what it takes to control my life and to be my own captain. And so, so then you can see why God's first command to us in the Ten Commandments is that we don't become our own God or make idols. We put our worship on him and nowhere else. So, of course, then, now we could say that the antidote to pride would be humility. And humility would be cultivated by in some ways, obeying that first command, putting God uh, as the starting point of our worship instead of ourself, instead of uh, Wall Street or our, our portfolios or our favorite football team, where you can fill in the blanks for other idle options. And so the reality, you know, uh, in my life and the life of others is that we can cultivate humility. We, ta- uh, pride within us can be tamed and leashed and subdued when we start and end our lives focused on God. And so for sure, humility isn't just a magic pill and it doesn't change us overnight, but through gratitude, the humility of God can mold us, you know, into the more the likeness of his son. We become like the clay that's humble enough, right, to stay long on the wheel and to know that that we cannot mold ourselves in any way. We have to trust the master. And so again, when we give gratitude, you see the connection here, we, we set ourselves up to recognize that God is the source of every gift, and we work against the pride that says life starts with me. And so maybe that's perhaps why um, it's, not that, you know, it's not that hard to notice 
uh, that, that lots of people may get to the end of their life and realize, hey, in the last 20, 30, 40 years, my life really didn't change that much. And I wonder if it's because we have omitted from our corporate and personal practice a constant and well-rounded routine of remembering. Uh, and when that happens, friends, gratitude becomes a vaccine for pride. And But if we become more like Jesus, there's a second vaccine we're going to need, and that's for coveting. And if the first of God's commandments is to worship God alone, the last one at the very end uh, is to do not covet. And it's repeated twice to make sure we don't miss it. Coveting could be described as the perverted and ruling desire, you know, for something you don't already have. A good desire gone bad. And the root of coveting then becomes a discontentment, the belief that what I have isn't enough. And friends, this is what this is the engine of the advertising world and the consumer culture constantly stirring us to discontentment. We need this. We, we won't be happy without that. And so we're being discipled by marketing and controlled, you know, by this root sin of covenanting. And when that happens, I believe, and if, if this is the trap I fall into with covenanting, is that whatever I need to do to get whatever my di- desires dictate, I will do it. Even if it means dishonoring, disobeying, disregarding God, and acting as if I'm my own God. And so what we end up doing when we covet is we break other commandments that God gave us. You know, for, for example, some of the other Ten Commandments. When you covet your, mother's, your neighbor's wife, it leads you to committing adultery. When you covet something that they own that you don't and you steal, well, that's the heart of stealing then, right, is coveting and discontentment. Even lying is often saying something to get something that you want that you don't have yet. Um, And so, again, coveting is, in one way or another, poisons our behavior. It kryptonites our ability to grow in the character of Jesus over our lifetime. So, again, here's the connection to our original quote and the theme that gratitude is, is the parent, then, to all the virtues because it deals with idolatry and it deals with coveting. And so, dear friends, the next time you see an ad for, you know, a car that just says, you've got to have this, just say, Lord, uh, thank you for my car and uh, the one that I already have. Or you're walking down the, you know, the street and you notice somebody has a nicer shirt than you do or has a newer phone or maybe is even kinder than you are. Just say, Lord, thank you um, for the phone that I have and the shirt that I have and the work that you've done in me. Um, dear friends, when we live in gratitude, we don't need Uh, to be dominated by jealousy, envy, covetedness, or pride. We can be content. We can live in humility with our heart filled with the presence and the awareness of God and that He is good, He is all, and He is enough. And when that happens, and and when that's uh, cultivated over decades, we will come to the end of our life and realize that we've become, uh, by God's grace, someone that will be remembered and a life that's well-lived, a life that was filled with virtue. Um, so will you join me in the response in prayer? Lord, uh, we do want uh, to grow in love. We want to have the fruit of the Spirit. Um, we want um, our lives to be expressive of joy, peace, patience, and kindness, and gentleness. And so, Lord, we, we thank you that you are a God who can make that happen because you are the Lord. And we are, you are a God who can also give us, at the end of that list of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. That when our desires 
move in to take over and demand that we covet and that we are greedy, that we can, by the power of your spirit, say no. We can be thankful for what we have. Lord, as we end these 25 days of gratitude uh, exploration, we just thank you for the practices and the disciplines uh, that we've been able to, to consider, to even practice, and that even Jesus, you and your servants in Scripture modeled for us. We commit to you such a life, um, no matter what this life brings, to find the, the power and the character, the gateway of the, the Jesus life that comes through gratitude. So empower us, make us contagious, Lord. Let it spill over to others who are living with depression or anxiety or seeing the glass only half full. And we look forward, Lord, at the end of our life to see the credits that roll out at the after to say that you were the one who did all, produced, directed the hero. For that we trust you. For that we thank you. Amen.